The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. It's a Friday, the Red Friday, a Jasonless Red Friday. That man in his voice, like he oh, needs it to do radio. I know. So needy. I gotta talk to do the show. Fair enough. I'm Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, on the other side of the glass, and most importantly, Matt Derrick with us, as usual, on a Friday at 11. He's always brought to you by Cap One Lending. The Freedom Loan at Cap One Lending is the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time and gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to CapOneLending.com. Matt, I appreciate you lending another hour of your life to be here with us again today. It is a honor and a pleasure to be here with you. A great liar amongst uh, many other things, like being a great reporter. Usually those things don't go hand in hand, but for you, they, they must. Um, we First, before we get into uh, you know actual things that either have happened or will be happening, we talked to you early last week because of Thanksgiving. And uh, I just, I'm just i wondering how your, your uh, holiday weekend went and if you have any. You've got some picky food takes that we've discussed over the years. Is, was there like a, a flaming hot Thanksgiving take that I'm not aware of from your past? I don't know if there's anything flaming hot. Um, We had a a catered Thanksgiving this year from a a local eatery. That sounds nice. So that, you know, it put a little bit less strain on everybody from the cooking standpoint. Smart. I ended up still making a dessert that fell apart, so I turned it into a different kind of dessert that was... Tasted fine, but okay, this is, that's was the, not picture worthy. So we found it did not get documented. We have found the, the the rabbit trail to go down, though. What was what was plan A for the dessert? Well, it was, I don't want to know plan B. I want to see if Dylan and I can guess. Want to guess what it turned into? What it turned into? Yeah. Okay, the so you want plan A? What was plan plan, plan A plan for the dessert? A was going to be my my take on the Charlotte Royale, which I'm going to Google that real quick. Which was my, I stole the idea from the Great British Bake Off Br- Br- Baking Show, whichever oh, version yes. you watch. Okay. Oh, how did you? Okay. So, All right. I'm in. But it's my version because I don't like fruit uh-huh. or any of that nonsense. Sure. So I make a chocolate Swiss roll. <sighs> so it's a chocolate cake, you know, rolled with uh, with with uh, homemade whipped cream yeah. filling. Yeah. And then it's a peanut butter mousse. Oh. And so you you take that and you encase the the dome of peanut butter mousse inside a dome of these Swiss rolls. Yeah. What I have never done, and I was going to try this year until my cake fell apart. There was just too much cracking in the rolling, and I know what I did wrong. In past years, I did go ahead and wrap it in a tea towel. Yeah. Rather than parchment paper. And I was warned that sometimes it sticks more with parchment paper. But I thought, hey, the great thing here is that with oh and that's not even i mean i haven't even seen well i don't think i've seen is that because that looks like almost like yeah yeah i, I was flipping one around to show dylan there this is this is some sort of chocolate swiss yeah. roll sort of does this seem about what you were shooting for yes exactly yeah and the one the ones that they made on the british british, british bake-off was i think it was it was the, the more of the angel food cake yeah swiss roll and then it had like strawberry here's another mousse. just charlotte royale of yeah. some sort here see, the there's nothing thing. in there that i like so I was like, okay, wait a minute. When I think of Swiss roll, I think of like the little Swiss rolls you get yeah. in the packages. Yeah, you are and singing are to me right now. Chocolate cake and whipped cr- and, 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 cr- and and like Cool Whip kind of a thing. But this was heavy cream that you turned into your own whipped cream. So you know, oh, it was serious. So, but the cake cracked. Next time, I'm definitely using the tea towels because even though it's more cleanup and it's messier, the the cake doesn't stick. 
So it sounds like an amazing flavor palette I in John Four. I mean, if you like chocolate and peanut butter, I, those are that is. I think you, I you like cream cheese. You like whipped cream. Yeah, those are like four. You of like my, vanilla. Four or five of my favorite things yeah. right there. I oh, think. Yeah. Um, this is a different conversation we can have at some point, which is like all time uh, flavor pairings. I think it'd be really hard for me to go any anything other than chocolate peanut butter at one one. Oh yeah, no, um, I I definitely have some some spicy takes, not literally in this case, but I I'm I know that chocolate and mint is controversial. That's very high on my on my board, but I think I might be able to wait until round two or three to get chocolate mint, depending on yeah, I've, the I've, environment. Me, me, mint and anything is a, a poor pairing. Yeah, and like, see, that's, to me, that's like toothpaste and anything is yeah. what you're basically talking about. And I get it, and I've heard that many times, and if I had a York patty in front of me right now, I would eat it like the cookie monster. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It would just be a mess. I, I love chocolate mint things. Um, this looks amazing. I have a guess for what you turned it into. Dylan, do you, your, Dylan is now on the other side of the room. Sorry for timing this out this way, Dylan. Do you have a guess for what Matt did to turn this into a different form of dessert? I feel really good about my guess. Are you thinking a bread of some sort? That's kind of where I'm going. Is thinking it turned into a like a swirled bread almost? Maybe? Okay, or like a like a oh, Marco. Can, Marco, come here. Come on, Marco can come in. It's okay. You can come in. You can say bye to Matt. It's fine. Marco's here. We've we've Marco. go ahead and turn this. <laughs> this hope, is beautiful. I hope the Twitch audience got that. They got a little bit of a great hug. You can turn Marco's <laughs> mic on over here. Because I have spent... Is it going to be weird for this to be the last show you appear on if you do talk into that microphone? Actually, I have a hit on uh, 92.3 ESPN Wichita. (laughs) Great. That's the way to go out. 53 minutes. That is. That's the way to go out. I'm only missing my appearance on uh, 580 in Topeka. That's about it. We can... I think think Matt knows those guys, right? (laughs) I think think we can probably coordinate that. Um, Matt made a beautiful dessert for Thanksgiving, and we're trying to figure out what it devolved into. The Royale. The Royale. Yeah. Hey, Marco. See, Marco, I mean, you know, for the last year and a half, I've started every Wednesday morning with me, Marco being the first person I talk to. Oh, yes. See, so if we this could has only been be, special to me. If we could all be so lucky. And, and, and Marco is just as nice in real life as he comes across Aww. on the radio. I think he's nicer in real life than he comes across Probably. on the radio. I don't want to blow up your spot, but I think Marco is nicer in real life. Well, and he's nice on the radio too. When you get guests like Matt Derrick, it's the kindness just it's, it's just what a guy. it flows through. It's a really wholesome duo and here. You what and, a honest, guy. and honestly, I mean, <laughs> I, this is where it's going to really hurt and we have to stay in touch and everything because I talk more Star Wars with yes. you than yeah. almost anybody. So, and especially the Disney shows. So, we I mean, need to, we need to get you some uh, Star Wars people out there. Start <laughs> tweeting at Matt Derrick, damn it. Well, I don't like that you just tried to, to shuffle that off to other people to now take up your responsibility. Well, no, that too. We need, we need more. We need, I, we need more. The Star, Star Wars community is strong, but they keep it quiet a little bit. And so it's just we need, we need more Star Wars. I get we need more Star Wars on the Border Patrol. Oh, that Star is true. Wars. Or you guys could just start a Star Wars podcast. I would not be opposed to this. Ah, you would teach me a I lot would. of things, I feel like. Uh, I, I look see, to you for the insight and the deeper meaning. But see, you would you would bring the animated angle yes. to it, which I, I sorely lack it. Because I am not as proficient in the animated shows. But we've really bonded over the live action series. Yes. Have you watched Ahsoka yet? Sadly, I have not. That's all right. It's in season. You're in season. Yes. You're a busy man. That's what's been the problem. So. Okay, so you guys could do like a binge show where you just pick a time that you just binge through the whole thing and then recap it. Maybe not as the show's happening live because Matt's very busy and I don't know what Marco's going to do. I do have time for a rewatchable. 
<laughs> I don't know what it's going to be, but I can't imagine it will be more intrusive on your schedule than starting your day at like 4 a.m. every weekday. Well, you know, I'll have plenty of time now to stay up and watch this NBA in-season tournament. The Los Angeles Lakers are the <laughs> number one seed. Um <clears throat> What a very familiar foe in the first round. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Is that me? Is that, are they playing the Suns? That's what I walked in on, right? You guys were talking about the number one seed Los yes. Angeles Lakers going up against the four seed Phoenix Suns we were in the playing tournament. We were about to we were about to fill out our brackets for the NBA in season tournament, which I guess is still going on. I have not been up to speed with much of the basketball so far, but I'm really glad that you have been. I, I watched the first. I've only seen chunks of the tournament, and it was when I was in Milwaukee, uh, drunk at a bar. And Hell yeah! Lots of sports on the TV, but on the main screen was the uh, uh, NBA in season tournament. But now, uh, I had to make sure I came in and told my good friend Matt. Bye, I was good. I, that I, I went by. You were on the air down the down the hallway. Yes, yeah. So the, I, I couldn't interrupt. I didn't want to interrupt. So. No, yeah. I, I, you're a professional. That's it. You're a professional and a scholar. It's it it is really what what makes you not fit in as well as you could, Matt. You're a little too professional, and I think if you would just go ahead and slop it up a little bit more, you could have barged in to Jack's show down there, and we could have done this in like three different formats. You know, this is really taking me back because now you know that would have been a very Letterman ask for me thing to do. You know, back <laughs> in the, I mean, you two are too young to remember this, but uh-huh. I just remember the old days when he would walk in on uh, Live at Five, the New York local news. And what just walk in bit. and interrupt other shows and everything. That's great. You have that. You have that authority here. You could do that for pretty much. I think any show here. I think if you walk in, walked in and sat down, I think most people would be like, "Well, it's time for Matt Derek to be here." And that's that's an honor. That's a gift. It is a gift. That I mean, is. it makes me kind of want to just test it out and see how how, how often I would get kicked out and. You yeah, know. you should. I'm not. I'm not going to kick anybody. Tell out. you what, um, you have my blessing. 7 a.m. Monday um, <laughs> during Todd Lebo's segment on the Border Patrol. You have my blessing. Come bang that door down. The uh, only guy who I ever know who has just said time and time again, "Man, I hate Mac Derek," is Jay Gutierrez. And I know he doesn't work here anymore. He's been gone for a while, so <laughs> I think you'll be fine as I'm long as you don't cross paths with him. Exactly. Yeah. Any, as long as you're, you're safe from him, you'll be safe. <sighs> What were, you, what were you guys talking about, though? The dessert, the, the Royale. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think Matt turned it into a trifle. That's my guess. I think this turned into a trifle. Do you have a, did did you, I tell you what? I can remember I told you what I turned it into. Um, well, I don't know what trifle means, but yes, you did tell me it, uh, it turned into like, uh, it, 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 it didn't, the Royale did not stay fluff, right? Did not. The, the cake cracked. Mm. Did it get to dome territory first, or did the cake crack when you were in the, because the parts where people It literally cracked while I was rolling it. Okay, so, so it never got to slice in place. I'm going to stick with my trifle bet. That's what I called it. Yeah, I called it a trifle. Yes! I, I took the cake, and I, I sliced it in little chunks and everything, and then I tossed a layer of that on the bottom of the bowl. Thank you, Dan. And then I threw some mousse in there, and then some whipped cream, then another layer of cake, another layer of peanut butter, or another liter of, uh, the, yeah, the peanut butter mousse, another layer of cream. Called the trifle, not technically, I guess, a trifle, but I thought if if I was challenged by anyone else, I was just going to say that it was a deconstructed uh, Swiss Royale. Also great. Yeah. Ooh, That's yeah. a Royale. So. Renee made a trifle of of all sorts of various flavors and whatnot. Um, it was a, it was a very it was a big swing for all of the different elements of it. For I think it was Halloween. So good. I was I just would eat a spoonful of it, just like in passing for 
a good week, I'm, I think. I'm starting to pick up trifle is just a mixture of good things together then. And like, layered. layered. Yeah, yeah, it's like a like a, like a, a layer bean big a big like parfait for um for, for, for sweet baked goods and mousse okay. and again that's Renee's was this sort of a, it was it was like a, a, a mousse and a cake and a whipped cream and a mousse and a cake and a whipped cream kind of thing. But in like a big at least Renee has a. We have a trifle dish now. It might have been a wedding present. I can't remember. Um, if someone listening bought that for us as a wedding gift, we've gotten great use out of it. Sorry, I forgot who got it. Um, but it's it's a big uh, sort of a like you know crystal bucket essentially that you do that so you can see the layers. You just got married recently, right? I did. I plan on. I got a wedding on Saturday. You're getting married on Saturday. I'm going to a wedding <laughs> oh, on Saturday okay. for people who are getting married. Two people who are getting married. That's good. Uh, shout out to Kathy and Brandon. Shout out. I plan on just giving cash in an envelope. Is that all right? I think so. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Are you? Kidding? It's not too late to get Tupperware, I guess, for them. But no, tubbleware. we did like a, an Amazon wish list thing. It was just that was very easy. So we just picked nice. some things. We had also been living in this living in sin. Um, we had been living in this house together for a while before, so we'd already bought some stuff. So yeah, I think any cool. cash can be directly put into some sort of like honeymoon fund or I'm a cash guy. Get, yeah. Be a, yeah. be a cash guy. The only thing is going to be like, what do I do with this cash dollar? Are you going to write a check? Or you got to put green dollar bills into an envelope. So I'm going to first put the cash in my bank account, then into my DraftKings sportsbook. <laughs> Bet it on the New Jersey Devils tonight, over one and a half goals between whoever they're playing in the first period. Withdraw those winnings and then... Put it and then and then put it in an envelope as cash. I think that's great. Pitties included. The only other thing, and maybe maybe you spread it out a little bit. Go put a crazy futures bet down and just put the ticket in there. Mm. Say, hey, if this hits, I was going to give you either ten dollars cash or if. Who's a funny MVP candidate? I don't know. At this point, we've really gotten pretty Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers. Comeback player of the year. If Aaron Rodgers, if the Jets make the playoffs. Let's just make it that. If the <laughs> Jets make the playoffs, you're getting a grand from Marco. Damn. My, I won't. That's it. That's what I'm going to do with wedding gifts from now on going forth. This so. is why you should tune, tune into the zone. That's really what this it's for. It's for degenerate gift it. giving. I mean, and ca- baking. cash is clearly perfectly acceptable because I remember... No, betting tickets. Betting <laughs> slips only. Betting slips. Because I, re- I vaguely remember somebody getting married and mm-hmm. actually requesting that you just, like, Venmo them money. Yeah. That's sweet, too. That was you I'm talking about. Oh, was it really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's great. I was pretty... You- <laughs> You it may. Was, it was like a list of things. Like, and by the time I, I, I mean, I guess I got late to the party oh, a little yeah, bit. Maybe because so. Because by the time I got there, the only things that you could do was like either um, buy airplane tickets to Europe <laughs> or Venmo cash to. Yeah, you may have picked up. I was pretty far removed or, from a lot of the gift gift uh, building stuff. Well, so. I was going to say, actually, the Venmo all went to Renee. That's what I, I am realizing so, for sure right now. Now, now, now we know Renee just. Pocketed the money and mm. you never saw that. Yeah, so. I straight up learned right now that there was a Venmo option on a registry. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> we got married six months ago, and now I have learned. I'm sure it went yeah. into honeymoon things or you know groceries or oh, whatever. I'm sure it didn't. I mean, <laughs> I am, I'm sure that's that's going right into Renee's nest egg. I mean, You're gonna come across. I, a I hope going into the rainy day account there. Yeah, I would. I would love to find out that Renee has a rainy day account. I think that'd be. I think that'd be fabulous <laughs> if that's a little little uh, IRA. Uh, a deposit right there, sure, man. Whatever, whatever works. <laughs> Individual Renee account. Like that. <laughs> That's very That's good. Smart. Mark, uh, you sure you want to stick around? 
Jason's I mean, this not, has literally like probably been the best five minutes of radio that we've ever done. Oh, no, yeah, I, for no. me at least. I think. I mean, here's the thing. I think until Jason gets his voice back, at least you can just. Is that what's wrong? Yeah, right now? Or you can. Do you want to be Jason? I'll go. I'm kind of missing my chair over there. If you want to just host the rest of the day today. I mean, have you ever got Bold. to be the big chair? I, no, uh, oh, only is... only on days when no one's here and I can play pretend. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of sad. No, why don't you come over here and throw it a break? Okay. Hey oh. now, Dylan, I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna take my live read over there to that chair. So I'm gonna do my live read from over there. And switch. But Marco's gonna Marco's gonna throw it a break over right here. Right now, oh, yeah. I'm the only one at a microphone yeah. with Dylan. So I guess That's that we're right. in charge. And I do have to read this in a second. What, what, what's the library? <laughs> oh, don't, no, don't, you don't have to know about that anymore. Okay, Dylan, are you ready for Marco? So this is Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. Yes, hello. You're in the Marco, zone. Marco, how are you? You're Marco Marquez. And we're going to take a timeout. And up next, we'll get into Chiefs Packers with uh, Matt Derrick. All right. Before, so, he, before, he, before he does, guys, I point out that yes. you know I had a brain cramp when I was putting Marco into my phone. So, <laughs> I, And I may not have actually remembered his last name when I put it into his phone, my phone. So I have it in there as his Twitter name. Awesome. So awesome. So if you want to sign Damn off, Matt, I love you even more. Matt. <laughs> just when I thought it wasn't impossible, Marco Taquito. So yes, it has Mar- Marco Taquito is his name on my phone. Well, so you know, it's pronou- it's correctly pronounced Marquez, despite uh, NFL wide receivers. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Say it however you want. Ah, uh, coming up next on the Zone with Joshua Briscoe, continuing the conversation with Matt Derrick at Chiefs Di- ChiefsDigest.com. As they get into Sunday night's game between the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. You're tuned in to Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm going to go get some sleep. Still hanging out with Matt Derrick here in the zone. We've sent Marco Marquez off in style. I feel good about that. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass. We'll uh, have Jason back on Monday, probably. We'll see how the voice goes. But it's just us for the rest of your Red Friday. And Matt Derrick, of course, brought to you by Cap One Lending. Um, Matt, we could actually talk about the Chiefs here now after we've got we've done dessert, a little bit of Star Wars, and a whole lot of Marco, which is a good day of work for me. But um, with the... Things that we saw from the Raiders, that game feels relatively long ago now at this point. It does. But you got a 100-yard receiving performance from a Chiefs wide receiver, namely Rasheed Rice. And uh, we have since gotten a little more dialogue on uh, what it means for a a receiver to be Patrick-friendly. And maybe for an offense to be receiver-friendly. What what was your view of, of specifically the offense doing what it did against the Raiders? Yeah, and I thought I thought it was pretty notable. I mean, even Andy Reid kind of admitted to a little bit of the deficiencies in the opening script. And to me, and I feel like Andy's comments kind of fit this as well. So I think he kind of felt the same way. It was it was they were obviously designed to exploit some things that they saw from the Raiders. However, what didn't really calculate in was that the Raiders were going to open that game up with so much energy and actually have some of the crowd on their side. And so you're running some slow-developing plays against a team that was just playing super fast and overly energetic and just kind of ate things up. So, you know, like you get a running back screen that goes for minus 11 yards. (laughs) Not ideal. Um, But then once they got into the real meat of the game plan, which was go back to the fundamentals, don't do anything too fancy, just take what the defense is giving you, get the ball out quickly to some of your playmakers in space and let them move around, 
design a few things exclusively for Rasheed Rice and actually get to them, not just have them on the play sheet and never call them, but actually focus on it. And good things happened. I mean, you know, they've been trying to hit the deep ball all season. Well, they hit a 39-yard touchdown by throwing the ball four yards downfield. <laughs> That's right. That's to me, should be the reminder that, you know what, they hit the deep ball, move the ball in chunks, you don't have to throw the ball 39 yards. Is is what we saw against the Raiders more a building block for things going for where, where the offense is going to go from now, or is that going to be more or less what we're seeing? Like, is, is there going to be a significant amount of, of of build on top of that, or is that going to be pretty close to kind of like the legit version of the Chiefs' offense we see the rest of the way? I mean, it should be a legit version of the offense that we see the rest of the way because, really, in all aspects, it was that was the Chiefs' team that we saw in twenty twenty two. Because that's what they needed to be. I mean, and and now the way that these defensive zones are now presenting themselves, and I think it's two factors. I mean, one, I think it's certainly the defenses and the way that they're attacking the Chiefs. Because there's no doubt. And Antonio Pierce kind of laid this out. Because in the past, you know, there, there was still an effort to try and put some pressure on Mahomes, mm-hmm. even if teams weren't blitzing him as much because they know how dangerous that is. Now the plan is, and you can tell this week in and week out, the the defensive strategy is keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Mm. Don't let him escape because if he gets outside on the edges, he can make plays and he can hurt you. Keep him contained. You know, play tough on the edge. You know, set the edge against those tackles so that you're just not letting him escape. If he's if he is going to escape, make him make him go up the middle and kind of run through the middle of the field. But just try and contain him in the pocket because if you contain Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, this Chiefs offense will make mistakes. They'll commit a penalty. The, you know, Mahomes will make a, a try to force into a pass or a window. He will throw it downfield, you know, into a zone that they feel like that you know favors the defense. And the numbers today kind of reflect that. I mean, I don't think that Patrick Mahomes is the worst quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with his deep ball, mm-hmm. but his passer rating on deep balls this year. I mean, Zach Wilson looks at that and says, wait, that's bad. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. you know what? One touchdown, five interceptions, I think, on deep balls this year. I mean, it's ridiculous. This is not Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that's on him. I think it's on everybody else. And that comes back to being Patrick friendly and all these things is that, you know, he doesn't have the receivers right now for that. Maybe he doesn't have the offensive line to do some of the things, or at least they're not working in concert well enough. But this isn't me saying, you know, Patrick Mahomes needs to fix this, but the only thing that Patrick Mahomes can do to fix it, really, is just not to look for it as much. Yeah. And and what Andy Reid can do to fix it is not put him in positions where plays turn into that. Just get rid of Right now, teams are giving you that window and that, that buffer near the line of scrimmage. Take advantage of it. Get it to get it to Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice in those positions because both those guys can work with the ball in space. So, you know, yeah, that, sh- that should be what the Chiefs do going forward. I mean, we'll see. They did it last year, and they did it to great effect. Yeah. But right now, I mean, the way that this this offense is constituted, and and teams will continue to try that. I mean, they will they will just sit back and say, hey, you know what? If we can keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, eventually a penalty, a turnover, something will go our way. And that's something they they didn't have the penalties. There were a couple, but they didn't have the the complete crushing penalties, and they didn't have any of the crushing turnovers against the Raiders. And I, I don't. The the thing that I worry about some now, and maybe it's just because the Raiders defended Travis Kelsey differently than the Dolphins and Eagles, on early downs in particular, where when when the Eagles and Dolphins are like, hey, we're just going to dedicate our entire defense to making sure Travis Kelsey is not getting any room to breathe and make somebody else beat us, 
being able to do more horizontal with some of the cushions you're getting, that I think is translatable. I wonder what happens if the, the Packers or whoever else down the stretch goes back to putting more early down focus on Travis Kelsey and then saying, hey, we're, we're going to switch the, we're going to flip the script from a few years ago and we're going to say, we'll, we'll hold everything in front of us and make you beat us deep. Just because that's always a little chess match. I, I wonder what the Chiefs counter to that counter will be because I, I imagine we're going to have some, some need for that before playoff football gets here. I don't, I don't think the Eagles are going to let them get completely eaten yards after the catch and screen games all day. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would expect that the typical good, smart defense and maybe not one that's a little cocky or mm-hmm. confused mm-hmm. <laughs> because we saw that like the Broncos and the Chargers, who should know Travis Kelsey yes. better than anybody, didn't do this. But basically, you know, you should have three people on Travis Kelsey at some point during the entire play. I mean, somebody chucks him at the line of scrimmage. That should be part of your plan. That should be step one. Yep. And then you've got bracket coverage on him the rest of the way. I mean, if you're if you're if you've got a linebacker who can cover him, do it. I mean, probably not going to work, but put a safety on him, and then you know it, you're certain they're probably going to have a second safety over the top on him. I mean, that's how you do it. Now, what's going to be interesting to me is how long will it take before teams then decide? Okay, now we really got to focus on Rasheed Rice. Right. So yeah, we're still going to bracket Kelsey. We're still going to chuck him at the line. But we're going to put our best corner on Rasheed because maybe that's the guy that's the biggest threat right now. And if that's the case, then that means that the other guys have got to step up. And I think right now, I mean, we'll see how the snaps go. I mean, I would expect the rest of the way that Rasheed Rice will end up being the Chiefs receiver with the most snaps. Yeah. And then it will probably be, you know, Marquez, Valdez, Gantling, Justin Watson, Sky Moore, probably all right about the same amount. I mean, that's where they were last week against the Raiders. They'll probably have all about the same amount. When Kadarius Tony gets back and healthy, he'll probably, my guess would be, a little bit more step back. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a 30-40 snap guy, but is he going to be a 20-snap guy? Probably. I could also 100% see him being a 40-snap guy starting in January. And I don't Possibly. mean I don't mean week 18. I mean the playoffs. Like, it just, yeah. where, where, correct me if, if you've heard it any differently, but what Andy Reid, I think t- at least twice now, has been asked about Kadarius Tony's usage, and he's just mentioned, like, broadly health, that feels like Andy Reid just saying, listen, we all, all right, we, everybody knows this dude's made out of glass, but when everything is moving, it is a blast to watch, like, that's a that's just my my refusal to give up on Kadarius Tony. I can't help it. I mean the the Maserati comparison continues to be <laughs> yeah. intact. I mean, when that thing is purring, when the engine is running, there's nothing that can stop Kadarius Tony. It's just that he's been in the shop with a knee, with a sprained toe, with an ankle, with a hip. I mean, it's he's a high a finely tuned auto that just yep. needs maintenance. Um, kind of going back to the the, the Patrick friendly phrasing and concept Love of all that of line this from, from Andy Reid, by the way. It's it's really good, and it is also fascinating because I don't know if the Chiefs narrowed the receiver group by choice against the Raiders, or if it was a decision made for them by McCole Hartman going to IR, Tony being a late scratch, and Richie James being active for the first time since coming off IR. And he was he was a healthy scratch the week prior after off of IR. But what what do you think they're honest? preference is in terms of they've got the receivers they've got we are long past the trade deadline these are the guys but publicly they've said a lot Matt Nagy said a lot about now we're just going to have six seven guys in the rotation Connor Embry said we're going to have all these guys and we're going to get all these touches working but also there are some very obvious difficulties that come from that so what do you think where's the truth in that spread 
That's, I mean, that's the million-dollar question to me because I, it certainly seemed like against the Raiders, and this is where it gets into small sample size Mm -hmm. and hard comparison because, yes, they shortened the bench out of necessity against the Raiders, and it seemed to work really well. But then again, they also had a completely different game plan than they were using when they were rolling seven receivers out there and trying to to get the ball rotated around. So, you know, how would it look if they had the exact same game plan, but they've got two more guys involved? Um, We'll see. I mean, you know, and it won't be that bad. I mean, really, you know, what? I don't know if you got the snaps in front of you. Richie James had, what, 17, I think? That sounds right. I'll I'll grab him. So, I mean... Hey, I still really would like to see more Richie James. I mean, I'm sure that the Chiefs have a reason for not including him more. Maybe there's something that they just see that I haven't seen, but that guy, to me, just feels like he could do more when, if given the opportunity. Maybe he's been given those opportunities in practice and hasn't earned more. I mean, I get coming back from an injury, eight-week layoff. They also didn't want to repeat what they did with Kadarius Tony in week one and put him into a rusty position mm-hmm. where... It, it can really bite him, but I mean that's the one guy that I feel like is being underutilized. But you know, it's it it turns into the same conversation. We've, I think we talked about this comparison before. You got two quarterbacks, you have none. Yeah. You got seven receivers, do you have none? Yeah. You know, I mean that's kind of where the Chiefs are. I mean they right now, and I think Rasheed Rice obviously is going to be forced to be, be kind of the alpha ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I mean I do think Rasheed Rice is a thousand yard receiver in this league. Is he right now? Well, he's playing like it so yeah. i mean you kind of need to force it to him whether he's got the consistency to do that we will see but i i don't know i mean right now i how do you distribute those snaps because after rasheed rice i can't say well this guy has earned the playing time over this guy because right now they're all kind of playing equal to me richie james played nine offensive snaps seven special teams that get you to 16 there you go. That's nine, I had mine. nine offensive snaps I don't remember when, but Montreal Washington had two offensive snaps. Yeah, I don't remember when those happened. Um, but I was I was kind of thinking, well, who who is the second best wide receiver on this team right now? And you just answered before I asked it. Of well, there, 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 everyone will have an answer. You could make an argument for a couple of guys, I guess. But there is not a correct answer to that question, and that's rough considering some investment. Sky Moore, second round pick, um, MVS, a decent contract. Justin Watson, bring back on a two-year deal. It's cheaper, but you know, with, with the plans of, of him being around, is there is there a second receiver in the pecking order that you think has has earned that spot in even the finest of margins? That's that's a great way to phrase the question because I I don't I'm a no I mean I can I, I can make a case for and against everybody yeah me too I mean you can say Justin Watson because he's the guy who runs the most consistent routes at least you know they will the Chiefs will tell you he's the the most complimentary receiver in the aspect that he's going to be in the right place so you know that that offense is so dependent upon you know the guys who aren't necessarily getting the ball running the right routes I mean Rasheed Rice's touchdowns a great example of that. Yep. Because it's it's freed up because I think was it was it Justin Watson that ran a, like a curl route that was designed to make sure that Rasheed was open underneath yeah. on that drag route. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's designed to work in concert. Justin Watson's your best guy for those routes, even though ideally he's not going to get eleven targets. Right. Okay, who's the best receiver on the back of their football card? Marquez. Yeah. I mean, he is. Yeah. I mean, he's been the most consistent throughout his entire career, and you can say, hey, this year. He's had some drops, 
Well, he's had some drops every year. Mm-hmm. He's also had some big plays wiped out by penalties, or he has given them some big penalty yards when he's been, you know, pe- you know, there's been a defensive pass interference against him. So maybe he's just had some bad luck. Maybe he's been cost some yards by penalties that he would otherwise have. Um, you know, and then hey, Sky Moore, I still think there's a lot of potential. I've, 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 I've like slightly come around to being like, I don't know, maybe we went, maybe there's a little something left there. I want to squeeze a little juice out. I mean, there seems to be so much, and and, uh, and we don't get to know this time of year how he looks in practice. Yeah, but he looked great in training camp. You know, he looked like he was on the verge of breaking through. So, you know, I have a hard time, you know, betting against him right now. Um, you can, and once again, I keep saying Richie James. I mean, Richie James. There were some times in training camp just absolutely destroyed guys' ankles. To the point where you're like, this guy, I, I see why he didn't get any snaps in San Francisco now, because he was the second best Debo on the team. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and then when he got to be the maybe the best Debo on the team in New York, they actually used him. He put some numbers up and, and he made he made made Daniel freaking Jones look like a competent NFL quarterback. Yeah. So with all of that being said, I'm not trying to trap you here, but if you can, if you can accentuate the positives of all of those guys and say, "Well, look, we the best version in recent memory of MVS is this guy. The best version of Richie James in recent memory is this guy. The best version of Sky Moore that we saw in training camp is this guy." Why, why have absolutely zero of them done anything close to achieve their ceiling this year? I, I don't. And sometimes you can say, "Oh, coaching. It's a very easy, just like big sticker to slap over something." Say, "Oh, the coaching's not good. They're not putting the right situations. Whatever." But I, I am genuinely trying to get an answer to that question because I'm sure it's multifaceted and, and there, there, there are some complex elements to it. But if Richie James was better in New York than he's been in Kansas City, if Sky Moore is better in training camp than he is in games, et cetera, et cetera, if MVS regresses from last year to this year, I don't, I don't know what you fix there. I'm encouraged, I guess, because fixing whatever – Big problem A is could trickle down to fix a lot of smaller problems, but I don't know what big problem A is. There's just a lot of common threads there. Yeah, and that's why you know when I look at the numbers, it it tells me and suggests to me that I mean the majority of the Chiefs' problems are on the deep ball, and that's why I keep, I mean I just keep fascinating fixating on that because you want to point to the drops being a problem. Well, okay, I mean, they've got, what, 20, depending on who you ask, between 26 and 29 drops. Okay, well, like six of those are Rasheed Rice, and he's done enough to compensate for those. Those are, for the most part, rookie drops. I mean, a lot of Rasheed's drops have just been simply trying to take off without the ball before he secures the ball. Those are things you can fix and you can learn and with experience, and, you know, he does it enough repetition. Those will go away. Um, you know, a couple of those are, are, are Travis Kelsey's, which are out of character for him. And are they age related? Are they pressure related? You know, is it, you know, the coverage that he's getting because he's probably getting different coverage than he's gotten in the, in the past. So maybe that's affecting him. Three of those were Kadarius Tony in one game. That was probably more related to the fact that it was his first action since coming off knee surgery in six weeks. So now we're, we're really almost attributing half the drops, you know, to legitimate. And, and you take away those drops right there that we've kind of isolated and suddenly, this is the team that doesn't drop the ball that much. I mean, yeah. they're just kind of an average team. This is probably an undefeated team that maybe lost to the Broncos yeah. that doesn't I mean, drop the ball that much. It's it's to me that the drops are more of an outlier yeah. statistic than anything else. So then you look at you look at their passing numbers. 
And the reality of it is, is that when Mahomes is throwing behind the line of scrimmage, he's throwing short passes, he's throwing intermediate passes, his numbers are the same as they've been his entire career. The difference is that he is absolutely, his numbers, I'm not going to say him, mm-hmm. his numbers are terrible throwing the ball downfield. They're not getting touchdowns. He's got the most turnovers he's ever had on deep balls. Uh, his passer rating is like in the 40s. You know, that's just, that's what this team isn't doing well right now. And is it because of play calling? Is it, I mean, I think it all stems back once again. I mean, it's, it's, it's the circle of life. Yeah. It stems back. Why are, why are those numbers that bad? Is it that the receivers aren't being Patrick friendly enough? Maybe. Is it the fact that the defenses are trying to take away that in its entirety? I mean, they are only trying to take away that. They do not want the Chiefs to be picking up 40-yard gains. So they're trying to take away that deep ball. That's the majority of it. And and that circles back again. I mean, if teams are going to do that, why bother? <laughs> I mean, right. it's, yes. it's, I mean it's, I, it's kind of like the Chiefs have been – and I've used this analogy a couple of times, too. The Chiefs are a three-point shooting team mm. that are just cold yeah. from three right now. Yeah. And in an NFL season, you know, that's, you don't get that many times to shoot a three. You only get many times to take a deep ball. If you are cold, it hurts you a lot. And teams are trying to and, – and the Chiefs have been like, we're just going to keep shooting them. Yeah. And the reality of it is is that, you know what, that's only going to open up if you, you, you destroy a team with 1,000 paper cuts first. And, and against the Raiders, they finally started doing that. They started hitting some layups. They went on a long run hitting their layups. And I'm really interested to see how the Packers end up uh, trying to, to account for that or how they approach this Chiefs offense going into this game on Sunday night. We'll talk more about that with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest next in The Zone. Matt Derrick with us here in the zone, brought to you by Cap One Lending. The Freedom Loan at Cap One Lending is the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time and gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to CapOneLending.com. I don't want to say what we were talking about during the break in case we don't ever want to do that bit in the near you, future. You were doing what you always do, which is just reeling me in. Just trying to reel it in and get us back on track to uh, to figure out what you think is going to happen in Chiefs Packers. we got enough time to talk about it a little bit. We can... Hold the prediction for just a second if you're if you you need to. But where where are you at right now on how legitimate this Packers team is and and how how real the growth of Jordan Love has become? Um, it's probably a little bit real, but That's I feel exactly like right. this this little winning streak. I mean, if you look at it, it's because they do what a good 500 team does every once in a while, as opposed to a bad 500 team. They run the football effectively and don't turn it over. Yeah. If this team, you know, hey, Dylan's been playing really well of late. You know, we'll see if they get Jones back. But um, if Dylan can continue to play the way that he has been, they run the ball effectively. Jordan Love doesn't make any mistakes. This can be a perfectly adequate offense. They're not a high-powered team. They're not a team that's going to go out there and just blow the doors off. They've got to play some good defense. That's the, the, their key. I mean, if they, if, they can't, if they can't execute that little strategy. Good defense, ball control offense, run the football, no turnovers. That's how they've been winning games of late. And if they can't do that, they don't have much of a chance. I mean, they are an epitome of, a, to me, like a 500 team. That's kind of where their numbers say that they are. And they'll probably need one explosive play. They have some explosive receivers. It's not an offense completely built out of that. But do you, do you have a feeling one way or the other if LeJarius Sneed's going to try to travel with somebody? Because 
Christian Watson is a little bit bigger and more of a deep threat. Romeo Dobbs, good player. Is there a feel for where Snead ends up? I would I would think there's a pretty good chance that it's on, on Watson, but we will see. This might be, a, I mean, because of the way the Packers are situated, maybe he doesn't travel this weekend. I mean, I might be, you just let him sit in one spot, but I could still see him moving around. If I did, I think it would be Watson. Give me a score! I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on the Chiefs' offense being efficient. I, I won't I won't bet on them just blowing into the doors off right now quite yet. But I think they'll continue to be better. Um, I just don't have a lot of faith in the Green Bay offense against this Chiefs' defense the way that it's playing right now. I will take the Chiefs 24-13. 24-13 Kansas City. Matt, uh, I think this segment was a blowout win. We got Marco. We talked about dessert. We even got to the Chiefs a little bit. So thank you for being a part of it. I just appreciate you for keeping me around. It's it's wonderful to have, you know, birds of a feather flocking together. That joke was just for Matt, and even that wasn't really that funny. Kendall Gammon, next!